Falling down Poinsettia, chapter 28. Pretty evil. My Black Velvet ad in the LA Weekly, yeah, it paid for itself within just the first couple of days of it running. Look, we were both so fucking young. I just sold our youth, okay? Live sex shows for, yeah, money. It was legal. And all part of my master plan to keep Summer away from that fucking millionaire in Simi Valley. Yeah. That son of a bitch, he was like buying her life. You know? And oh, Summer loved that money, and I thought, gee, if we could do this legitimately, I mean, it's not like fucking working a blockbuster or something, but it was legitimate. And our first legitimate call after weeding through a bunch of assholes was a $200 cash paying customer. Call came in on the second day, and yeah, $200, that's what we charged. We just thought that was reasonable and affordable. $200 a head. <laughs> we even had a couple rate. Because we knew there would be couples from time to time. And we were right. $300 for a married couple. Or boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever. It didn't matter. And say whatever the hell you want. But I set the price. You know why? Because I had to do most of the fucking work, Okay. I mean, beyond high school, bed and floor sharing with other friends and shit with their ladies. I'd never put on a full sex show before. Theater might have helped a little. I don't know. I didn't really gauge it at the time, but you know, I don't recall thinking of any of my method acting skills from Susan's class or Sheila's class back in high school drama. Those skills never came into play, no, because I had to actually enjoy it, too. That's part of it. Our first legit caller, though, was a guy that, 40-something-year-old, he claimed to be a vice president of Capitol Records. He was staying at a hotel on Highland, Capitol Records over on Vine. I fucking, I don't know. He had left a message for us, and we got home from somewhere. Summer called him back and did all the talking with the guy over the phone because, well, <laughs> it would have been awkward for me to call. But she called him back at his hotel, and um, she knew what and how to say. This is her territory, and even though Black Velvet had been my idea, I followed her lead every turn. You bet. We headed out. I managed to park right on Highland Avenue near the small hotel he'd given us the address to. Truth is, Summer and I, we weren't dolled up too much. I mean, we cleaned up, but we didn't really doll up, you know? We just cleaned up, you know, put on clean clothes and everything, and... Look, if you're only 20 and she's 22, you don't have to do very much to turn on a middle-aged guy, okay? (laughs) Naked does it. Naked's usually enough to turn them on, yeah. (laughs) I knew that just when we showed up at the hotel. Walked up to the room, knocked on the door. Sandy, blonde-haired, 40-something-year-old man opened up. Smiled courteously, graciously gave me a nod and a handshake, then looked over at Summer, and I saw his eyes immediately broaden, just subtly, but enough that I saw it. And I... <laughs> this is the woman who'd be getting naked and putting on a live sex show for you in the privacy of your own room here in just a second, and he stepped back into the room to make way, and we stepped inside. It was a little awkward at first. Summer broke the tension, but getting right down to business. 
Do you have our fee? She said, sticking her hand out. Oh, yeah, Guy said, reaching for his wallet. Handed some of the money, and she put it in the purse. I'd like to reemphasize this book is not penthouse letters. Not going to fill it with a bunch of sexual fucking detail and shit. That's not necessary. But I do have to talk about a couple of things, okay? Summer got the money, put it in the purse. She turned around, grabbed me. We started kissing, and um, yeah, pulled the covers off his bed and did it right there. He, I guess, got naked. I wasn't paying attention to him, wasn't even looking at him. He understood. He wasn't a touch. No touching. Matter of fact, Summer told him, you can do cartwheels for all we care. Just don't touch us. And she meant it. And I really liked that. She said it sternly and firmly. And even though she was naked in front of the guy already. But anyway, we did our thing. And I don't have to go into fucking details. You know, you've seen porn films all over different positions and stuff. Anyway, long story short, after about 15 minutes of just fooling around, we were finished. Yeah, that was it. I was a little surprised when I, you know, got my bearings straight, looked up, and, hey, the guy was standing at the foot of the bed, butt-ass naked with, you know, he was turned on, that's for damn sure. <laughs> well, at first, I was like, oh, my God, what do we do now? Try to ring-toss that little fucker? Being that he said he was the vice president of Capitol Records, I'm guessing that stiff little thing was his president. I guess we get dressed. Okay, so I hopped up off the bed. But then the guy said, Hey, um, wow, that was awesome. Thanks, man, I said with a subtle wince. Just a weird... But he kept eyeballing Summer. If I give you an extra $100... Immediately, I jumped off the bed and approached him. No, no fucking touching, no extra. Oh, no, 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 he protested. That's not what I want. The fuck do you want? I said, a little more aggressive. Summer immediately stood up next to me and looked at the man. What is it? The man looked down on the floor, bashfully, to my surprise, then back. And we're all stand we're all three stand there naked. He looks down at the floor, bashfully, then back up at us. Standing between him and Summer, I reemphasized. It don't matter if you fucking pay extra, you can't fucking do it, no touching, it's illegal. Once again, though, Summer interjected. It's okay. What do you want, sir? The guy immediately looked down at his little erection and... Hey, would it be okay if I just whisper it to you? What? I asked. No, no, it's okay, Britt. Summer reassured me, stepping around me. Before I could protest, he leaned over and whispered her ear. Immediately, Summer smiled and nodded. It's okay, Britt, she said, cinching my arm and leading me to the bathroom. Pick up your clothes. Why? What the fuck is going on? This is not cool. No, 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 it's okay, she reassured me. I didn't want to make a real big fucking scene, and I trusted her, so I picked up my clothes. I walked over to the bathroom. She followed, pushing me inside. Grab me that towel. A towel? I said, looking in the guy's bathroom. What the fuck is going on, Summer? She looked back over her shoulder in the center of the room at the guy who was picking up his covers off the floor, putting them back on the bed, then back at me and whispered, He wants me to pee on him. Oh, I smiled. Okay. Yeah, stay in here. It won't take long. Okay, I said. 
honestly, before I could even get my fucking yeah, shoes on, it was over. She went in there, she peed on him, he had a great time, and we walked out of there with $300 for less than 30 minutes' work. Ta-da! That's right. It sounds weird to say, but I really had a newfound confidence when I walked out of that hotel room. I had just been on a call. My very first call. Yeah, like some cheap Bangkok whore. I don't know. I felt confidence. Emboldened? Is that the right word? I didn't have to degrade myself too fucking bad. Hey, for another hundred, I would have shit on the prick, okay? Um. <laughs> I'm kidding. I, well, I don't know. Okay. I felt like I'd really accomplished something. I'd strip naked in front of a stranger and perform various sexual things with Summer. He had watched and did his thing, whatever the hell it was. I wasn't paying attention. Go stop saying it was the craziest fucking thing I ever did in my life. I mean, Summer is cool, calm, even when she's undressing in front of that man. I had never watched her undress in front of a man. When we were kissing and everything, she was just popping stuff right off and carrying on conversation with him while she's taking clothes off, just like she had done with me at Rosemary's. Yeah, casual. Not a big deal. Listen, I bring that up because I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, golly, should she have any modesty at all? Absolutely. Before finding out, she had already been approached about posing in Playboy. I myself had tried to talk her and let me take pictures of her to send over to Playboy Mansion. And believe you me, she had the fucking looks and the body. Hugh Hefner would have jumped all over that shit. I was setting myself up, hopefully for an invitation to the Playboy Mansion, but, okay, that's, <laughs> story's going off the rails. The point is, Summer refused to do it. What I didn't know is she had already been invited by one of her clients to pose for Playboy, and she refused. So when I asked her about it, I've been there. Why? I asked her. I'd put you in Playboy magazine, make you famous. I'm still hooked on that famous shit. I thought it really meant something. Britt, you have to understand, there are guys back home. I don't care how long I live, I don't want them to ever see me naked. Okay. <laughs> That's how she was. Anyway, I was so liberated at the first time of fooling around with her in front of an audience that, I don't know, we were excited. We went home, we did, we did it again, and then we um, went out and had dinner and saw a movie. <laughs> Pretty woman of all fucking movies. Without plagiarizing or anything, I got to mention this. Summer and I had gone to Universal City so many times to see movies up at that great, big, beautiful new theater that they were offering to the public, you know. Mark and I had gone up there to see U2's Rattle and Hum, and Summer and I had seen Hunt for Red October and various other films, including Minute Work that I wasn't in. Because they cut the whole fucking scene after paying Barrick's admission, Christian's admission, my admission. Ten fucking dollars to get in that fucking place. And they cut the whole fucking scene. Anyway, 
Summer really wanted to see Pretty Woman. She didn't alight as to why. I had hardly watched the trailers and didn't give two shits for Richard Gere movies, but I was interested in seeing Julia Roberts again. Yeah, being that the critics said that there might actually be a nude shot of Julia Roberts, I was really excited about that. Pretty woman, walking down the street. Pretty woman, the kind I like to meet. Pretty woman. A hot item back in the Mystic Pizza days. It was a cool movie to see. It really was, because I was fucking living it when the movie came out. Mercy. Yeah. You remember the guy at the end of the movie? Welcome to Hollywood. Watch your dream. Yeah. Yeah, he was a fucking regular around Hollywood. Everybody knew him. Well, we didn't really know him, but we all knew him. He was a fixture around town. You bumped into him all the time in the parking lot at Ralph's or somewhere. <laughs> That's why it was neat to see it on the screen, you know? But the scene in the movie that got me had nothing to do with Julia Roberts or Richard Gere. As tall as they were on that screen. Look at that big, beautiful screen. I was mesmerized by the movie. Business executive Edward Lewis is in the suite with prostitute Vivian Ward. Edward Lewis decides he's going to offer her an apartment and I could set you up and I could take care of you. And he gets frustrated at her because she doesn't want that. He slashes his arm through the air and says, I've never treated you like a prostitute. But before Vivian could respond, Summer beat her to it. You just did. It got my fucking attention. I looked over at her. And Julia Roberts repeated the line verbatim. I really don't know what it meant. I just remember it because it moved me. Touching in the bedroom, our black velvet sex performances continued, and man, did we get... Anyway, we got our first married couple. Yeah, they were our first regulars from Venice Beach. It was a good-looking, attractive, mid-30s-year-old couple. They sought out our services. $300, yeah, it was great. They didn't want to do anything at their home in Venice Beach, which I didn't believe. I believe they were having an affair with one another and looking for somebody to fool around with. But still, it was money in the bank. Yeah, and I was able to keep Summer away from Dean as long as I kept money coming in from that fucking Black Velvet ad in LA Weekly. So, we invited him to our apartment in West Hollywood. At first, I was really uncomfortable with having him come to our apartment, but after meeting him out there in person, you know, and seeing... But they were driving a Mercedes, and they were, like, not fucking crazy and sensible and stable, just looking for a good adult time. I was okay with it. So hoping they weren't wealthy serial killers, we fucking invited them to our apartment in West Hollywood, and, yeah, they met us out there in 
parking lot of Ralph's, and we brought him over. I don't want to describe him too much in case they're still alive and doing this shit, but <laughs> they're both blonde. He had curly blonde hair, mustache. She was good-looking, medium boob, just a good-looking blonde. You know, wore a nice mini skirt and everything, and that didn't matter. No clothes stayed on. Once we were in the room, everybody got naked, and yeah, including them. <laughs> that was interesting because it was cool to me. Like I say, I suspected they wanted to intermingle with us, but nah. Summer drew the line right out the gate before I could even say anything. Swing from the rafters. We don't care. It's snow touching us, okay? She said as we stepped into the bedroom and began to undress. It was really kind of neat, and I have to admit, kind of exciting, because, well, they were in our big easy chair over in the corner of the bedroom, naked, having sex, while we were having sex on our own bed. <laughs> it was the easiest $300 I ever made in my fucking life. Are you kidding me? Yeah. And they became regulars. They became regulars. They came up, no kidding, sometimes twice a week. Yeah, just to watch us and to fool around. And eventually we got comfortable enough with them. We'd let them share the bed with us. But we were adamant about not intermingling. And that's the fucking truth. And it was $300 every time. Fucking I. No strings attached. I don't, I don't even know that we knew their names. They invited us to Venice Beach once, yeah, to a club they went to. It was an all-sex club. And you walk in, and I mean, nobody had clothes on. You didn't have to participate. And It wasn't that it was an older crowd. It's just that it was, it was just too fucking easy, you know? Summer grabbed my hand, led me away. We're not doing this. I agreed. Yeah. It wasn't the last time we saw our regular married couple who had paid to see us, but it was definitely the last fucking time we went down to Venice. As predicted, one night the police tried to get us in a sting. Sure. Got called. and I overheard the phone call when Summer took it. I suspected something was fishy just by the sound of the guy's voice. He didn't sound right. So I left Summer at the apartment and I walked up to Ralph's to meet the guy. Sixty-year-old gray-haired fellow in a ball cap, and he had a blazer on, a pair of jeans, and loafers. Hey, man, you the one who called Black Velvet? Yeah, he said. I, I've got the two hundred, but could I throw in an extra hundred and get in on it? No, not a fucking chance. I said, turning immediately and walking away. It was the cops. Yeah, that's what they do. All you got to do is even acknowledge it, and you're pinched. It was late one afternoon. Summer and I decided to take a couple of days off from the ad because, I mean, not kidding, we were doing it like three times a day. It was becoming work. Yes, fuckers. You wouldn't know anything about it. Anyway, we were taking a sex day off, okay, and not doing anything but just watching TV and the frickin' phone rang. Yeah. It was a black velvet call. What sounded like an elderly man, I mean, he had a real gruffly voice on the other end of the line. He explained to me he was in Hollywood selling some artwork to some Asian fellas who he was looking to entertain for the evening and was wondering if we might be for hire. 
I looked over at Summer, who's still on the couch, muffled the receiver. I got a guy that wants to entertain some Asian guys. You, you want to work? How many guys? She asked out, looking away from the TV. Man informed me there was four Asian men he was trying to entertain. I explained the rules, expecting a hang-up, but hey, he stayed on the line. Yeah. Of course, our price is $200 a head, but for four, we both agreed we'd give him a discount to $700. He still stayed on the line. Summer was setting up on the sofa now. Anyway, he went on to ask us if we'd join him for a drink at a local bar called Coaching Horses on Sunset Boulevard, just right down the street from Poinsettia. Wanted us to meet him for a drink first. I didn't know how I felt about that. Hey, man, I ain't meeting anybody till I know who the hell I'm talking to. Informed him over the phone. I understand. When you get here, just ask the barmaid for E.K. E.K.? I smiled back. Yep, they'll know who it is. E.K.? Summer asked, kind of confused, standing at the edge of the aquarium. <laughs> yeah. I think he's famous. He's just trying to hide who the fuck he is. Upon saying that, the two of us put our shoes on, and it was a nice evening out, so we strolled over to Coaching Horses. Right, look, I don't want to knock anybody's business, but at the time, that was a rancid fucking place to go have a drink. Yeah, I had a few drinks in there, and I'm telling you, that's a, you had to have a fucking tetanus shot, and you come out of that fucking place, Okay. Coaching Horses, West Hollywood, California, where you fall out of the coach and get trampled to death by the fucking horses. <laughs> anyway, during our casual stroll over to Coaching Horses, where our newfound client E.K. said he'd be waiting to buy the drinks with his new Asian clientele he was looking to sell artwork to, um, man, fuck, I was going through the Rolodex of male celebrities Possibly could have had the initials E.K. It didn't take very long. Fuck no. Why, I myself, back in the 70s, had had the little motorcycle that you wind up and the blue ramps that it flew over. Fuck yeah. I was proud of that toy. I wore it out on the front porch in Alva, Oklahoma. That's why when Summer and I, holding hands, both strolled in to coaching horses, I didn't have to ask the barmaid about E.K., the man on the phone had instructed, because I knew who I was looking for and sure as shit, and we walked in, there he was, leaning against the bar. I smiled ear to ear and looked at Summer, who was looking at me, kind of confused. What? It's evil Knievel, baby. Wrap it up for Bombing Down Poinsettia, Chapter 28. Pretty evil. Make sure you join me next week, 8 p.m., same time, same place, right here on the Stand the Joke Man Show. Bombing Down Poinsettia, Chapter 29, next Wednesday. See you then. Bye, Kadios Hippies.
Must have been 